Hello, NEI Nation, and welcome to Season 3, uh, Episode 4 of the Road to Muni Podcast. Uh, I, this is Junior, and I'm here with Pat. Uh, before we bring Pat in, I do want to apologize to everybody. This uh, We did have to skip out last week. Uh, for whatever reason, we didn't do the taping uh, in the show, and uh, I don't know about Pat, but I'm sure I will reference some of the stuff I said last week, knowing that <laughs> we're talk about it, but... Uh, for whatever reason, the uh, the podcast uh, is up in the cloud or something. It never end up going to our uh, or never end up recording and going to our format. So the lost tapes, yeah. You guys missed the best episode we've ever we've ever put together. So best episode. Believe we did not get that out, uh, but uh, you know all we can do is top it this time, Pat. That's right. That's right. How about you, Pat? You uh, you had a good week. Yeah, yeah, really good week out here. We had an opportunity to do one of the Holy Cross games. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're in full, full hoop swing out here in Indiana. So it's the best time of the year. And we've talked about it. Uh, you, you know, it's fun when you do, when, like, on the website and stuff. We we uh, our links page uh, uh, mostly you know, as an opportunity just for people to, um, you know, well, when we first started it, you know, it's hard to track down games and, uh you know, they, according to the NEI, the NEI has done a great job of, of uh, getting links out on their page. But unfortunately, not everybody is on the same or is able to link it to the, to the NEI schedule either. Uh, so, you know, between YouTube and Facebook Live and uh, and then some of the comments now, uh, you, you know, there are apps to, to get these. And I do encourage anybody listening to uh, to download if, you're, if you know what conference your uh, school is in, watch, um, you know, definitely conference most conferences have an app um if they don't it's usually on the nei um but yeah just just the our schedule links page is always uh, uh set up to try to help uh people just find games a little bit easier because i know how hard it can be to track down when you don't know where to find those games and um i say all that just to say that you know when we do that that schedule links page um it's just a fascinating turn when you start getting into uh you go from a lot of the non-conference actions and now we're, we're pretty deep into conference play um, and Pat, I know, especially out in Indiana, you guys are starting to get towards that as well. Yeah, we're full steam ahead here with league play in the CCAC. So obviously, like I said, I've had a chance to do some Holy Cross Conference games and the Crossroads League. They're kind of easing their way in where, where they've had some league games and they'll, they'll play some out of league games here in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, that to me, this is the best time where I think the game planning kind of cranks up a little bit where the non-conference games and the early season games, you see coaches maybe, hey, let's just like focus on ourselves, right? Let's focus on what we do well. And now you see coaches really kind of dive into the intricacies of each opponent. So to me, the X's and O's part really, really is exciting. And to hear teams on the bench call out the, you know, the upcoming actions, whatever down screen, cross screen, whatever it might be, um, is always the game within the game. So that's one of the parts of the game I enjoy most. Holiday coming up with Thanksgiving coming up, uh, you know, a little bit away from, more towards some of the some more classics and uh, i know we got some big ones uh, like the battle of the beach and, and things like that but uh um uh, you know it's just a unique looking around at each league and, and where they're at in their schedule you know you got the uh, appalachian athletic conference you know that's that's five or six uh, their schedule already and then you got several leagues that haven't played a single league game so uh yeah. it's a fast watch these schedules come together and throughout the year and i and i heard something great today and it's so true and it's uh you know, you, you win games in November uh, to be able to compete in March, you know, and that's a, it's a, it's a deeper meaning just from the fact that, you know, if you want, if you want to be a contender in March, you, you got to win these games in November. 
Uh, they do that, add up pretty, especially these teams that are five, six games in the in the league play. Right. Yeah. It, the season, oddly enough, is kind of flying by. Right. It's hard to believe we're already almost through November when I think about it. And that that is a great point where a lot of these leagues, not every team gets into the conference tournament. Right. So these games, these league games, these early ones especially, are super important. You got to be ready to to go. Right. And I know in the CCAC, they maybe play two, three non-conference games, and then, boom, they're full steam ahead. And every single game from here on out has conference tournament implications. Whether you know it or not, these games matter. They do. And, and you see so many teams that just miss by a – Yeah. And we, we get more in-depth in the second semester about these are doing uh, what from their – because every league's a little bit different on, on their conference schedule – or conference tournament even. Um, you know, and, you know, so it'll, it'll it doesn't matter because, you you know, you may miss the tournament by or miss the conference tournament by a game or you may, uh, you know, whatever reason, uh, you may may uh, may get a lower seed and have a tougher matchup. You know, it, a lot of these games do matter, no matter if, if uh, everybody in your league makes the, the tournament or, or your conference tournament or if just a few teams do. And, uh, you know, we can jump right in and, and I'll talk about a league that. Uh, uh, we've talked about a lot on here, but two two games into the GSAC. And, yeah, and, that was the first one I had too. Yeah, I, I think you got to circle the GSAC just because uh, you know it is a it is a league that for the first time that only six teams are going to make this conference tournament. You know that you have to protect your home court in West. They sure as heck uh, did that by winning two game two big games this week, knocking off Arizona Christian, um, and then you turn around and you, and you look at the Masters who who lost two home games. Um, and, and, you know, when you have only six teams that are going to make this conference tournament, uh, those are definitely – this opening weekend, you know, 0-2 doesn't, uh, doesn't drain you. It's a uphill climb now for, for teams that went 0-2 this weekend. Well, yeah, and sometimes, you know, you start league play and you see a team that's 2-0 and and you think, oh, maybe they just beat up on the, on the little guys in the league. But this Westmont team, like you said, two big-time, big-time wins. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of undefeated teams right now, but I, I think Westmont certainly starting off 2-0, and you know, sets them up nicely, like you said, for a team that only gets six teams into the conference tournament. Yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a program, you know, and, and we can talk a little bit more about it. I don't want to go too to depth with Autumn right now, but, uh, uh, you know, just as uh, – obviously, but at 8-1, and one, uh, you know, they lost their best player last year, freshman of the year in the GSAC, and, uh, and to come out and – and just right away get to it is home. And I know that the Arizona California crossover, so travel to, to California, you know, it's, it is, a, it is a tough trip. And, and these leagues always have, or every league has, you know, tough trips, but uh, um, you know, Westmont certainly looked good to hold serve now. And they, they have to return the trip out to, out to California, you know, or out to Arizona too. But uh, um, certainly as you're looking at teams that, you know, that at least standing right now, uh, uh, through two games, again, only through two games, but two games, uh, uh, two big-time wins for Westmont and, and setting them up for the rest of the season for sure. Yeah, and then as you continue to move a little further east, you think about a league like the KCAC, and sort of like the GSAC, feels like it's anybody's league at this point where this team, you know, kind of one through six really is, there's a lot of parity that exists within this league, and it just is exciting to see, you know, that one's going to be interesting to watch how it all plays out. Yeah, and, and then you look like uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan and, and Southwestern, who uh, um, you know from the KCAC, who uh, uh, are probably they were picked one and two in the in the league. Uh, you know, Oklahoma got a home win against Southeastern or, or Southwestern already. So, um, 
know, you look at those games, does it matter? You know, you know there's plenty of time to, to shake out, of course, but uh, certainly when you're talking about the top teams in your league, you, you want to get those early wins against those teams because tougher as, as the season goes on. And then, uh, you know, then even moving around, the uh, uh, you know the, the Appalachian Athletic Conference, uh, uh, no stranger as Union is uh, leading the league. The the time I believe defending champs um, are currently six and zero in league play, and um, you know currently you know jumped into the number nineteen in the polls when the polls came out uh, on Monday. So, and the other league that I think maybe the most exciting for me and the most intriguing is the GPAC. I, I think those teams really, I don't know if you'll get a national title winner out of that league you know certainly Jamestown is going to be vying for that I just think the the league is going to be so they're so high powered they're so skilled that one to me early has been really exciting to watch it and it's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on top of that one yeah that's that's one of those leagues and you can add to it if you want to Pat but the you just see you're you're going to see a lot of beating up on each other I feel like you know that it may be a, a team that uh uh, as, as we saw, you know, Dakota Wesleyan went and beat Jamestown at Jamestown, actually, too. But uh, uh, one of those leagues that these teams four, five, six losses in the league play. Um, and then you're going to have, you know, they're obviously going to drop rankings because of it. They're going to get, you know, a seeding in the national tournament that nobody's going to want to play them, you know, because. Right, right. You know, just because I think that you're right. There's a lot of parity in that league and, and they're going to beat up on each other. And you may not see a team that uh, comes through with. Uh, you know, you know, zero or one loss. I mean, you're, you're probably going to look at a team that even a Jamestown team who already has one loss, you know, if they're going to win the league, it may loss in play. Yeah, and the same thing goes for the Crossroads League, right, where those top five teams in that league are just going to beat up on each other. And you'll get, of course, in league play, some of those teams that are maybe towards the bottom that, that sneak one out late in January or, or early in February. So, again, that's another league there, too, that just – you know, is loaded with talent at the top and those teams are just going to beat each other up. And, and yeah, you might get a team, you know, like a Bethel that gets an eight seed or a 12 seed or whatever it might be. And it's like, oh my gosh, this team is loaded. Why did we draw them? Yeah, that's, that's always an interesting part and something we'll definitely be uh, following for sure. And, uh, you know, one other league that uh, we can mention here, and I know there's some other leagues with some conference games too, but uh um, we're gonna we're gonna bring on Patrick Prairie from St. Thomas here in a little bit, and um, even them they they came off and, and lost uh, their first game of the year this week uh, against a, a hot Kaiser team. Um, but you know the the Sun Conference is always one to watch out for as well, and and they've actually you know they're one of those teams that uh, are one of those leagues that uh, you know they've actually found some success over the last couple of years in the national tournament, and you know kind of get overlooked during the the course of the year, and um, you know obviously Southeastern. Uh, we started off the year in the top 25 and struggled out of the gates, but uh, um, another league open and, and we'll get some more, we'll get some deeper insight from Coach uh, Crary. We are joined today uh, for by St. Thomas, Florida head coach Pat Crary. He's got his uh, team uh, at 6-1 uh, currently, 2-1 in the Sun Conference. Uh, coach, uh, thanks for joining us on the Road to Muni podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me Um Excited about the year so far, and thanks for all the work you guys do for NAI basketball. It means a lot to all of us coaches, and especially the players and the fans and administration. Everybody loves it. Well, I appreciate the kind words. We we uh, we know that 
the conference play started up for you guys too, but uh, even some of your non-conference action, um, you, you want to kind of talk about how the season's gone so far for you? Yeah, I mean, I think we've played well. I mean, you look at our assist to turnover numbers are crazy. Um, our shooting splits, I think we're like 50, 40, 73. Um, and we played well. You know, a lot of that is, you know, having guys that can, that can really score the basketball. Um, Fred Mobile helps it out a lot. We thought he played bad against Kaiser and he had 14 assists, 10 assists, no turnovers in the second half. So um, having those type of players has helped us. But I, I mean, I like the way we're playing. You know, for coaches, a lot of times we're looking at how are we playing? Like, are we winning? Are we losing? Of course, yes. But how are we playing? And I, I like the way we're playing so far. You know, talk, you talked about Fred Mobile a lot of it. A little five A guy had a nice little dunk uh, this past weekend, but uh, um, you know you guys had a game uh, where guys score points, which doesn't happen very often either. So um, now your your players a little bit, and just uh, um, just talk about the the team. Yeah, I mean you know we got a bunch of new guys. Um, you know Fred Malba, he was second in the country division two in assists per game last year, um, and I thought his numbers would increase with us, and he's he's probably going to get to around eight, eight, eight assists right now per game. So, I, I mean, I think he kind of hovers around that eight, nine most of the year. Uh, Milton Matthews, Division One kid from Maryland, um, really good player, shoots the ball really well, plays good defense. Um, DeLon Dean, Jordan Hernandez, uh, two really good shooters. We got transfers. And our freshman kid that, that we love, Josh Thrower, he um, hit that freshman wall early, was struggling, but he had a huge game for us against Warner, a double-double off the bench. Um, and then we got some guys back from last year that are, are playing really well for us. Really makes me happy. Uh, James Harris, you know, has had a really big game, got in, in the starting lineup. And, you know, DeAndre Johnson, there was a lot of talk about him early. Uh, he had a big game. We lost the other day to Kaiser, 23-7. and seven. He looked like the best player on the floor. I mean, 6'10", shooting threes, dunking. Um, you know, I'm excited about the mix that we have and the depth. You know, I, I didn't think we played – uh, great against Warner. Um, we had two guys come off the bench for double doubles, which is hard and toughness. So, you know, winning in different ways for us uh, is something that I, I really like to see early in the year. So, like our group. You mentioned that you like the way that you play. You said obviously wins and losses matter, but you're kind of judging how, you know, your team plays. What is it that you like? You've talked a lot already about sharing the ball. Is that something you strive for? Passing the ball, getting up tempo, slowing things down at the half court. What is it exactly that you like? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a big numbers guy. So our splits, I mean, if you're, you know, within over five plus games and you're 50, 40, 73, I mean, you're probably doing something really well on the offensive side of the ball. Multiple games with 20 assists. Um, you know, even in that loss to Kaiser, we were 14 of 30 from three. I think we were 24 of 29 passes assisted, something, something very close to that. So I just like that we're sharing the basketball, we're playing together. Um, I do like that we're shooting the ball well, and then our defensive numbers are pretty good. Um, and we respected our opponents. I mean, no matter who we've played, we've played extremely hard and played the right way. I don't think we've played, you know, sometimes it gets dicey early in the year. Are you going to play up and down for specific games? And I think we've been pretty consistent in our approach. Um, and from a character standpoint, I mean, our team is just, I mean, they're just perfect, to be honest with you. Like, I don't, We've had to deal with nothing, and as a coach, when when you're 
when you're coaching and you're just coaching basketball, I mean, you have a chance. I mean, that's the one thing I learned about the national tournament years ago, just looking at other teams. Um, you know, everybody was always bought in. So when you have a team that's bought in, no matter if you're making or missing shots or missing a rotation or two, I mean, you're going to have a chance. Yeah, that's a good lead into my next question. You took over this program and then kind of COVID kind of hit, right? And so how has that been kind of, you know, creating a culture, getting guys to buy in? Has that been easy? Walk us through that process a little bit. And obviously you, you've gotten to a point now where you think your team is playing well. You think you have had some good pieces in, in place. And that has been kind of the culmination of probably, I assume, a lot of hard work, but not only yourself, but, but some assistance over the course of the last couple of years. Yeah, so we got here right after the pandemic. Well, I mean, I mean, it was still going on. So I guess, you know, 2021, um, you know, in the, in the middle of that summer. Uh, so our team last year was a bit of a mixed bag um, from returning players and the new guys that got in. And I mean, Junior knows watching our team last year. I mean, we were as talented as, you know, I mean, any 20 teams in the country last year. We just couldn't put it together. Um, eight losses by one possession. And so... You know, building a, there's nothing harder in sports than building a culture. You know, I was at Venice for 11 years, so I kind of forgot that. And I was just kind of think, you know, it's going to be easy and it's hard. And so it was hard work and uh, just working with new players and getting a new system in there, you know, on and off the court. You know, it was, it was hard. And so this summer, you know, we really focused on what we were looking for from a recruiting perspective um, on and off the court and putting in that work and kind of seeing it come to fruition early on. I mean, it's very early, but I mean, I, I definitely like our progress so far. And we've got a great assistant coaches. I'm Zach Moss, Fred Limas that, you know, helped me out a lot in the recruiting process to kind of get the things we get done. You guys know I'm, I'm, I'm all about recruiting. I mean, it's, it's about the players. I mean, it doesn't matter what coach you got if you don't have any players. So, um, you know, it's about getting the right people in the building and we got them here. We got them on the bus. And so we're just moving along now. Well, it's, it's got to be, uh, you know, fairly easy to uh, to uh, lure people to Miami, Florida. You know, it's it's definitely uh, <laughs> this time of year, uh, not cold by any means. But uh, um, is that part of what you guys kind of do in the recruiting front? You talked about the character of your guys and stuff. Um, how, how much, uh, you know, how much emphasis do you put into the, the character in the recruiting, especially when you you have the lure of Miami around, uh, uh, where, there, where there's plenty of trouble to get into, probably. Yeah, I mean, everybody can't play in Miami. I mean, it's just, I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, you could play at a school in the Midwest, you know, maybe you got a guy, maybe he's a Division One kid, really good, might have had something happen to him. You know, you never really know, but Juco kid or Division Two drop down. I mean, you got to just watch who you bring to Miami. I mean, you got to have somebody that's, you know, mentally focused on the task at hand um, that won't get caught up in the distractions that are here. There are a lot of distractions. I mean, if you see our games on Thursdays, it's a lot of people because our students are here. You know, Saturdays, we don't have that many people. But, I mean, you know, they can go to the beach. You know, they, they can do a lot of different things on Saturday in Miami. So I kind of understand, you know, people always like, why is there a late arriving crowd to the Heat game? Well, it might be at a five-star restaurant. They might be getting off a boat. I mean, they can do whatever they want to do. So, um, you know, and we say that all the time when we recruit, you know, Everybody can't play here. So we got to find the guys that are going to fit in with the city, you know, fit in with the mission of St. Thomas University, um, you know, and, and that and if that will fit in the culture that we have and playing for us and, and how we want to do things. So 
it is kind of, it's very specific. You know, we talk to a lot of guys in the recruiting process, um, but some of it just ends in conversation just because, you know, we know who wants to come to Miami and when, uh, you know, who wants to come to Miami and, you know, just be here. You know, I think those people that are listening, because I, I, I know I've, I've seen multiple comments, not just the one or two, but uh, multiple comments from from teams that are from, you know, people specifically in the Midwest uh, that watch games across the country and Arizona and California or Florida and, and some other places that uh, and even Texas sometimes, um, you know, I think it's the Midwest people get get spoiled, even though it's cold. Um, you know, a lot of the Midwest uh, people are, are filling filling those gyms up and um, it's just not like that always around the country. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's times where there's late arriving crowds. And then, like you said, there's Saturday people get off, off boats, you know, you don't have that problem. And, and, uh, uh, you know, probably, <laughs> uh, certainly, uh, certainly different, uh, crowds all around the country, but, uh, still, um, you know, some great environments and obviously you guys have, have some great facilities as well, but, uh, um, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, turning the corner back to your team a little bit. Um, can you just talk about maybe like the Sun Conference a little bit in general, but then also, uh, you know, your outlook on, on what, what's it going to take for your guys to, to kind of take that next step um, to kind of where you guys were uh, kind of middle of the pack last year, um, even with the talent you had, and then turn in that corner to go compete for a Sun Conference uh, championship and even uh, a national tournament bid? Yeah, I mean, for non-conference, you know, we got a big game on Tuesday against Crosstown rival Barry University. You know, one of the top, you know, 25, 30 Division II programs over the last seven, eight years. Coach Estes is an outstanding coach. Um, you know, we play FAU in an exhibition in a few weeks. And then we're really looking forward to the SSAC Sun Challenge. We got two really tough teams. We play Stillman and Mobile. So it's kind of over, you know, it's a lot of teams we have in the non-conference. We also have Dakota Wesleyan coming in. who's playing very well. Wilbur's a great coach. Um, and we also have Waldorf here during the cruising classic so we have a lot of teams coming down here uh, during that time we're looking forward to that and then I mean, the sun conference this year is, is I mean, it's always gonna be a dog fight it's only my second year um but it's yeah it's 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 a real league i mean you got a lot of a lot of really good players um you know a lot of division one division two transfer players a lot of good high school players from the state of florida and from other places um, you know, you know, Riley Minnick's one of the best players in the country. Corvon Lott, you know, these are guys that have played in the national tournament. Joseph Marks, um, you know, these are really good players. And so uh, that, are, that have been in the league for a long time. Um, you know, the Kaiser team that we just played, they're extremely talented, long, athletic, physical, can shoot the ball. Um, so, I mean, the conference is going to be a dogfight. I think for us, it's just, you know, about being, doing what we do. And just having a certain level of maturity to do it on a daily basis. Um, you know, one thing about St. Thomas is, I mean, and I'll be first one to say, I mean, I'm sure we put a little bit of on, on ourselves. Um, you know, people come here and they're ready to go. You know, like anybody who comes to St. Thomas, I would say we have one of the better facilities, um, you know, in the conference. And of course, the city of Miami uh, teams come here, they are just, you know, dialed in and ready to go. And so uh, just us understanding that part of it, you know, matching that intensity, knowing you're going to get everybody's best shot. It's really a mature thing that we're we that we going to have to go through as a team throughout the season so we can just stay consistent in our approach. And you know, we got to stay healthy, um, you know, but I really like our chances. I think we have a lot of guys that can beat you. Uh, we're going to be as prepared as any team in the conference. 
Um, and we, and most importantly, we have the point guard play, the great guard play, and the ability to really shoot the ball. So, you know, I, I like our guys. I mean, I've, I've said it, I don't know how many times on the podcast so far, um, but it's, it's something about having a special relationship with a team uh, that, that definitely believes in, in what you're doing from a coaching perspective and then how you're there to help them, you know, on and off the floor. So, you know, I'm, we're excited about it. I, I, I like this group. Um, Sun Conference can be tough this year, but, you know, you look at, I mean, everybody's saying, I'm going to tell you, this Thomas team, this Thomas team is a very good team. They have some really good non-conference wins already. They have great leadership in their guard play. They have good wings. They added a big this year. So I think they're going to be a very tough team to face as well. It's something we talked about before you came on, uh, when we're just kind of giving a, a run, a quick rundown uh, of, of the Sun Conference and, and only two games into the season so far, but uh, um, a, a league that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of leagues around the country that haven't won games and that, Excuse me. There are a lot of games. There are a lot of teams. Uh, are a lot of leagues around the country that uh, have, have put teams into the national tournament, but haven't won games. And uh, the Sun Conference is not one of those. Sun Conference has uh, has put a couple teams in. They've they've had a couple of first round wins uh, uh, coming in, and now they're just looking for maybe a couple of teams to make a deeper run. But uh, um, they're not short on wins in the national tournament since we've become one division. Yeah, I mean. You know, they had, they had two wins. I mean, Warner and both Kaiser got wins in that, in, during the COVID year. So, um, you know, for our team to make the national tournament, we're going to have to play well. You know, we'll be one of the better teams in the conference. You know, we know that, and we're going to have to show up uh, big time in the postseason. You know, but we have the ingredients that you need, and I think guard, you know, guard play is so critical. It is so critical. And having a point guard like Moba, um, you know, he comes along every 10 years. You don't get kids like him. You know, he's a different kid. He's a difference maker, sees the game, thinks the game, you know, plays emotionless basketball, you know, which really sets him apart from his peers. Um, I really love coaching the kid. I, I mean, I think he's one of the best. I, I can't believe there's five point guards better than him in the country. If you watch him play, his impact on the game on both sides of the floor, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, and Mobile and Matthews give you, you know, certainly one of the top uh, uh, backcourts in the country. And uh, um, when you ha when you have good guard play, like you said, you can you can win a lot of ball games, and uh, you certainly have that. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to uh, uh, watching you guys the the rest of the year and uh, watching you compete in the Sun Conference and uh, obviously some of these non conference games coming up uh, as well as we uh, um, you know start to get around the holidays. I know uh, I know a lot more classics and stuff are coming around too, but. Uh, um, Coach, uh, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, wish you the best, of, you and your your team, the best of luck. Thank you guys for having me. We'd love to have you all come down during the winter time. You could do a live podcast, you know, from our facility. You know, we'll take care of you. You know, probably be you know just eighty degrees. You know, no yeah. some some regular. You know, eighty degrees. You can wear shorts or whatever. The coldest place probably the gym. The AC is crazy, um, but you're always welcome down. You know, you're always welcome down to see a Sun Conference match or. We would love to have you on campus anytime. But once again, we appreciate everything you guys have done, you know, for NAIA basketball. And thank you for the T-shirts. Super high quality. I love it. Uh, we definitely appreciate everything you guys are doing. That is uh, Coach Crary, again, from uh, St. Thomas uh, down in Miami, Florida. Uh, twisting our arms uh, hard uh, to get him down to Florida. I'm sure that, yeah. I'm sure that uh, Pat, I, I'm sure I speak for both of us where uh, – um, it probably doesn't have to take many twists to, to get us down to down to Miami, Florida this time of year. So, uh, well, so yeah, we are we're an inch away here in South Bend, Indiana, for for setting a, a record snowfall for the month of November. So, 
Yeah, well, Coach Crary, don't don't tempt me with a good time. You heard it here, Coach Crary. He's uh, he, uh you're gonna have Pat uh, on your couch here in about uh, a week, and yeah. probably until March. So, <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, uh, certainly, certainly something that uh, uh, we'll definitely look into. Uh, you know, we're as we've been out more and more uh, here this season. Uh, um, it's uh, it's uh, fun to be able to you know with COVID going away. That was the, maybe the worst part. Worst to part of uh, starting this website and, and, and starting any hoops report uh, um, through the COVID years, uh, um, you know, it's harder to get out to gyms, but uh, uh, I know you, you uh, call a lot of games. So you've, you've seen uh, certainly a lot of teams play and um, I, I've been out through the Midwest here as well. I've been able to watch some teams play. So, um, and, and actually uh, you know, that probably is a good transition. Uh, Cause I'm going to talk about one of those teams I've watched um, probably a good transition into our uh, stock rising report. The Stock Riser Report. That's right. It's time for the Stock Riser Report. And uh, Pat, I'll get it started off uh, with a team I've actually seen in person. And, and uh, um, you know, it was it was a game that uh, that I watched and I, I thought they were I thought they were kind of a work in progress a little bit. I thought you could see the the skill and the talent and all that. I thought they were still trying to put it together early in the year. I watched them. Um, and I think that this year, they it was kind of their coming out party a little bit. You know, I said work in progress. Well, I think it's now a progress made. Um, and, and that's the Morningside Mustangs, who uh, arguably had the best week. Uh, we talked about Westmont already, but maybe the best week in the country uh, this week, um, they, they start the week off with a conference winning against Dort, who Dort was red hot uh, when they went and knocked uh, off Dort, and then uh, uh, turn around in the small uh, college basketball uh, classic uh, played in Aberdeen, South Dakota this weekend. Uh, they start off with with a nice win against number sixteen Carroll, uh, and then they turn around and finish it with a, a blowout win uh, against number fourteen Indiana Wesleyan. Um, just a, a well coached team, and and. Uh, um, up and down the lineup, just talent. And then they're starting to, and this is, they're actually doing this. Uh, they just got Aiden Vanderloo back and he's not really playing a lot of minutes right now. He's coming off injury. Uh, I believe the game that I watched him, he was in a boot, uh, but uh, on this, on the bench, but uh, um, Aiden Vanderloo is their leading scorer from last year and, and their ret- leading returning score. And uh, um, you're just going to add another scoring punch to, to a very, very good Morningside Mustang crew. Yeah. And I'll stick with a, a team as well. And Iowa Wesley there. I think they are a team. You talk about a team that's red hot. Iowa Wesleyan is, is about as red hot as you can get. They're they're playing really well defensively, and we talked off air about how important role players are, right? And I think Iowa Wesleyan has some really really good balance offensively, and, and you can't overlook the value of having some really good role players. And then of course you you got kind of studs like Henry Shannon is a is a freshman for them, um, has had kind of a, a big coming out party. And then they've got a big test this week against William Penn. So um, Iowa Wesleyan certainly a, a team to keep an eye on, and and, and stock is, is rising through the roof. Yeah, that's that's a good. One. We're going to find out how good uh, they are uh, certainly this week with the William Penn matchup. But uh, um, I'm going to actually move uh, uh, around, and and uh, I know they lost their last game uh, to, to West Virginia Tech on the road, but uh, um, I do want to give a little shout out to a going out of the River States Conference. Uh, Kevin Reynolds for Point Park has been been uh, has has the team playing really really well. Um, they are currently five and one. Like I said, coming off that West Virginia Tech loss, um, a road conference loss. Uh, you know, I don't tend to dock teams uh, that much for it, but uh, um, you, you know, you're talking about a team last year. Uh, 
that you know certainly struggled throughout the year now you turn around and uh, uh to be five and one to start the year and take the the league favorite in west virginia tech um and and be able to to lead them for in the much of the second half and then uh losing 61 57 in that one uh definitely wanted to just shout out the uh, point park team that uh, i think they're gonna give some people fits in the red and the red or sorry in the river states conferences here yeah and that's a a good call. That's what we were talking about earlier. It's a team that, you know, starts out hot. Can they stay hot, right? But we know that coming in strong to league play, you hope they can maintain it. I want to transition to a player, a player we talked about a lot last year, a player that's kind of played at an All-American level this entire time. He's been at school, is Antoine Cushenberry. And we haven't talked about him at all this year. Um, certainly St. Francis isn't as, as good as they've been in the past, but he is as steady as they come. Um, and it's just great to see. He was a guy that, you know, explored the transfer portal and ended up coming back to St. Francis, had Division One offers, uh, but decided to finish his career at St. Francis. So he deserves a call out. He's been a player, kind of a, a you know, a consistent performer um, his entire time at St. Francis. So just wanted to give Kush a little bit of love. He's a, he's a great player. Excited to see him still playing at such a high level. Yeah, and, and glad he stayed in the eye. But yeah, watched the Indiana Tech game this weekend, and uh, um, a, a game you know battle battle of Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, that they were able to pull off, and uh, crazy that uh, I think he went the first. I got it had to be in five or six minutes of the game without a single point, um, and then it just explodes for twenty um, on the night. Uh, transitioning into uh, uh, we've been talking about him a little bit, and I, I just want to give him another shout out. I won't go too in depth on him, but. Uh, uh, Westmont, uh, you know, certainly Soccerizer, uh, as, as they come off, um, you know, outside, outside of Morningside, probably the best week out of any NEI team in the country. Yeah. And, you know, that this is the time, right. Where I think the feeling, feeling out period is probably over, right. Where you know what you have, you know who you are, you've played your games and now you start building upon it. So yeah, certainly, certainly another team to keep an eye on that way in transition, um, Maybe put in some breaking news music here if you follow this podcast enough. I talked at length last year about Talladega's defense. Uh, junior, I would like to change my allegiance. Um, the Thomas Moore defense, they, they deserve a call out. They are, they are my uh, new, you know, shiny penny, allowing 38 points in a game. Um, just incredible. Their numbers defensively are through the roof, um, and they just suffocate teams. So, this Thomas Moore team, we know they're really good. They they are on another level on the defensive end. I uh, we we haven't even talked about them uh, and what they did to Georgetown this weekend. Crazy, crazy uh, to think about. I, I've never, you know, especially at Chris Briggs, a coach Georgetown team. I don't know that anybody's uh, given them fits like Thomas Moore has. Um, you know, Thomas Moore is turning Division Two next year, but they're since they came in the eye uh, and. I would be somebody probably can get us a stat on this, but uh, they got to be the only team to ever come to the eye and go four and at Georgetown over four years. Um, as they, uh, as they this weekend, um, again, a, a great defense effort, like you pointed out. Um, but to go four and at Georgetown, one of the toughest places to play in the entire country, um, is just absurd. And uh, they're going to leave, leave the eye without ever losing uh, a game at Georgetown. It's just, uh, Absolutely insane, but uh, um, yeah, good call out. And I thought you were going to steal mine there for a little bit. The way you're you're prepping that. <laughs> Don't worry, Coach Chris Wright. I know you're you're a fan. Yep. I know that uh, we've had you on quite a bit. 
Um, my allegiance is not changing. Um, <laughs> like, unlike Pat, uh, you can call him out if you want. Um, but, uh, man, the defensive effort they put on the last uh, couple games too, you know, um, when you, when you have a, we started, we saw it a little bit from them last year when they, they got a new team and, you know, a lot of new guys, it's kind of how their philosophy, you know, they, they do bring in a lot of transfer. Um, it does take a little bit of time to get guys going. Um, but you know, back to back games, uh, against Mac U and, uh, Southwestern Christian, uh, you know, for Southwestern Christian game, um, you know, they held uh, Southwestern Christian to 40% from the field and, and 30% from three. Uh, and then in the Mac U game, uh, held them to 52 points and, and held uh, Mac U to uh, 35% from the field and uh, just 14% from three. So uh, it looks like that, you know, you said the Talladega defense, which is, you know, quote unquote, now the, the Langston defense, uh, because Coach Wright is, is now the head coach at, at Langston. But, uh, um, you know, I said it, said it uh, in a post and I, and I meant it, you know, if you're, if you are, uh, if you have to choose between the <laughs> right uh, defense, led defensive team or have a root canal, take the root canal because uh, uh, it, it certainly is no fun to, to go play against that defense either, especially now that they're locked in and, um, you know, just, just the length and athleticism and physicalness that they play at defensively and they're, they're bought in defensively. And they, this is a team, we haven't talked a lot about Langston, but, um, you know, even some of the, the big time D1 or sorry, big time uh, NEI transfer that they have this year. Um, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about guys uh, averaged a lot of points last year, like AJ Rainey, um, who was at LSU Alexandria. And, and I believe he averaged like 20 or 21 points per game last year. Um, he's not coming off the bench for him. He's an All-American. He's coming off the bench for him. Uh, still haven't put up good numbers and stuff, but uh, um, just shows the depth of that team. And then Tristan Harper, who was at middle Georgia last year, um, he's off to he's continuing his double double streak that he had last year, and um, just the Langston team. I, I I'm I'm more more stock rising on the on the Langston defense, even though I like the Langston team a lot. Yeah, Coach Wright, it's it's all love this way. It was a hard decision to make. It, you know, if you would have asked me last week, it might have been you. But 38 points in a game, it's it's hard to top. So yeah, I just I just love really good defensive efforts. Obviously, Coach Wright is one of the best defensive coaches in the country and to see the way his team shrinks the floor really is super special to watch and then finally a player that we have talked about at length but just continues to perform and i think has really cranked up his scoring as they've entered into league plays mason walters he is a guy that is is on a mission right just a he you know was scoring at a high clip but he's even boosted it further um over the last week or so so incredible to see you just love these guys like Cushenberry is another one a, a good example there that just kind of the game looks so natural the game looks so easy to them their ability to score the ball and play at a high level night in and night out is something that I think we probably take for granted and then once they're gone it's like man that guy it's just it's hard to hard to even explain how good these guys are so credit to Mason Walters this is what big time players do when they when they enter into league play they assert their dominance you obviously get really comfortable against, you know, players get comfortable against the schemes of, of other defenses and, and other coaches. And when you see a player terrorize league play like that, it, it's just so awesome to watch. Well, there's uh, two things that are certain for uh, our loyal fans uh, around the NEI. That is uh, the fact that uh, Pat is going to mention Holy Cross somehow, and he's always going to give credit to a big guy. That is uh... – <laughs> Death taxes and, and uh, Pat talking. That's right. That, that's uh, you can write home on about it. So <laughs> no, uh, uh, you know, obviously, 
lot of appreciation for for what uh, Mason Walters has, has done. I enjoy watching him play. He's uh, uh, certainly uh, obviously uh, one of the best uh, players in the country, and uh, certainly playing like it now. Um, I'm going to end one, and I I, I can't remember uh, if we talked about him last week or if it was or if it was one that uh, we had talked about earlier in the year. But uh, uh, maybe our first repeat the guy if we have talked about him in the year, but he deserves it. Um, and that's a uh, a player that, uh, like we said, was an All-American at College of Idaho a couple of years ago, uh, transferred to Loyola, and, and he, uh, um, you know, last year with all the talent that they had, he was still a really good player for him, but was more in the role setting. Um, and then Jalen Galloway this year has just broken out once again. Uh, the senior forward uh, is averaging 24 points per game. Uh, just a player that uh, rebounds game too. I don't want to forget about that, but uh, – um, a player that, uh, you know, as Loyola, uh, who's now won an NAI best 26 straight games, um, Jalen Galloway's on, on, I don't want to, it's hard to say breakout because he's, he's a former All-American. Uh, but when you talk about his role last year compared to this year, um, a, a player that uh, is, is just so much fun to watch and, and uh, uh, so happy to watch him uh, have success again this season. Yeah, and that's a perfect transition if we want to talk about kind of the upcoming slate for this week is, you know, we'll find a lot, you know, when we see the fighting Jalen Galloway's play, the fighting that Matt Simpson's of Florida College, where Loyola is that team. I had them mentioned earlier. It's like, a, hey, remember us? Remember the team that won the national title? They have started off really strong and probably are, oddly enough, flying under the radar. Obviously lost a couple big-time transfers to the Division One level, but you nailed it. Jalen Galloway is just on an absolute tear. Um, and this Loyola team, it's playing really, really well. And we're going to see them in a, in a high power matchup against Florida later on this week. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about the battle of the beach. I mean, battle at the beach. It's a, a lot of, a lot of big time matchups. Um, you know, Faulkner obviously have put, or Faulkner hosts it and, and they'll be out there. But, uh, um, even right away tonight, you know, later on today, uh, even we're going to have, um, you know, a top 25 matchup, uh, a top 15 matchup, if you want to ask that, for between Faulkner um, and LSU Shreveport. Um, you know, two teams that, you know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, get after it a little bit, but also can can also put some points on the board. So I'm eager to kind of see that style play. Um, you know, Faulkner hosted, but it's not on their home court. So um, it's actually going to be down in Panama City, Florida. So uh, it is a neutral court game. And I love these top matchups on, on the uh, a neutral court game or neutral court just because uh, I think you get the best of both teams. So, um, yeah, battle. And for those that don't know, I mean, the battle at the beach is, is a awesome a classic. I think it's three days this year. Um, they have changed the format over the last couple of years uh, from a tour- tournament style. So I believe they're just playing uh, classic style this year. But uh, uh, if you're new to it or new to the NEI, uh, the battle of the beach is, is uh, during Thanksgiving week is always one to, to keep an eye on. Um, and then as you get to, towards the end of the end of the week, too, um, you know, in the holiday season, uh, uh, we're going to have the, the NEI in the show uh, in Kingsport, Tennessee, and and uh, um, certainly a lot of good matchups uh, uh, going down there. Um, for, for those that don't know, that's actually played uh, in, in a hotel. Uh, um, you know, they, they have their uh, the court set up in there, not in the lobby, but in the uh, uh, conference center, and uh, um, just like the AAC tournament will be played in it, and it's a, it's a fun fun environment, fun uh, uh tournament and, and uh, they've got a lot of great uh, matchups through that too so um as, as you're looking around the country uh, this week we, we do have some conference play um you know this week as well but uh 
Um, some of these big time classics, uh, Thanksgiving holiday tournaments, uh, uh, they're coming up this week are going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, and without calling out just certain games, I just want to draw attention to both of those big classics. Cause I, I think they're well run and, and they're both, uh, um, you know, always have big time, uh, big time showdowns in those events. Yeah. It's just a great opportunity to showcase, like you said, all the talent, right. And they are high powered matchups. Some of the best that the NAIA, NAIA has to offer. So yeah, we could go in, in all day about the matchups that are going on there, but yeah, certainly, certainly going to, be something to keep an eye on game that uh or uh, a game that i'm really looking forward to this uh week um is actually going to be a, a uh uh gpac uh, game um you know we talked about jamestown and mason walters already um uh, and and what he's done this year and, and uh you know they're they're coming off a, a a tough loss top conference loss uh but uh life doesn't get any easier than the gpac and, and they're going to turn around and they get to play uh uh Concordia, they get a host Concordia this week. So, um, you know, a top 25 showdown in GPAC, uh, Gage Smith and, and Noah Shutt uh, have been very, very good for, for Concordia. Um, I think a little bit a team that uh, maybe has surprised some people. I, You know, we had them in our preseason top 25, and it was good to see them, uh, pop, Concordia, pop back up in the in the, uh, in the latest rankings in the NAI this year. I think they deserve it. Uh, I, I think that Gage Smith has arguably been – a top 15 player, top 15, top 20 player in the country uh, since about a month ago in the season last year. So, um, you know, I know they lost some, some big time uh, players at, at, uh, at Concordia, but uh, uh, Gage, Gage and Noah have, have certainly uh, uh, stepped up uh, the game even more this season. And I think that's going to be a good matchup uh, between Jamestown and Concordia. And you talk about life not getting any easier. And we said we weren't going to go in depth about these matchups, but I'll do it anyways. And Jamestown plays West Virginia. Uh, Tech and then William Jessup. So uh, Mason Walters, don't fail me now. Uh, now, now it's now or never for us in the in the stock risers report. So please uh, continue to, to pour in those points and help make me look good in that in that segment. Yeah, certainly not as uh, as many games and uh, a game slate this week just because of uh, Thanksgiving and and uh, some teams traveling and. You know, I know, I know a lot of players uh, and teams uh, don't get to go home for the holidays, but, uh, um, you know, it's uh, it'll be it'll be a fun trip for a lot of people. I know that uh, anybody that's been in and around basketball uh, knows that uh, these holidays can be uh, a lot of fun as you're uh, as you get to hang out with your boys and travel and uh, and, and play games together. And, uh, um, you know, it's uh, it's something we'll be talking about all the way through uh, the, the Christmas holiday break. You know, it's the uh, um, you know, it's final and start coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, um, and then you get a concentrate on basketball for, for a couple of weeks and not have to go to classes uh, until January. So um, as kids turn this corner and, and a big couple of big classics this week, um, a couple of big conference games, uh, I know that uh, we will see you uh, again uh, next Monday. But uh, um, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Um, and until then, this is Junior Pat uh, signing off.